What is going on, everybody? It is yours truly, Mr. Fabe here. Welcome back, everyone, to the World of Fandom Podcast. We are downloading episode 21 right into your subscription holes. And uh, thank you for joining us where we talk about everything and anything that has to do with the geeky, nerdy, fun world of fandom. You guys know me. I'm Connor, Fabe. And, of course, I am not alone on this show. I am joined with my brother from another mother, Andrew, from Andrew Cutter, Inc. What's going on, Andrew? Living the dream. You're gonna make that a shirt, aren't you? I, I'm absolutely gonna make it a shirt. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta get a catchphrase. You gotta market <sighs> yourself somehow, right? Yeah, I love how you're marketing yourself and this two-man show. <laughs> you're like, listen, I gotta hey, protect. I, I gotta protect my assets, you know. Yeah, God forbid there's a schism between us and we separate, and you know, you become Wolfpack <laughs> and I become Hollywood. Wait, like, wait, 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 wait. Why'd you give me? Well, Wolfpack was the cooler of the two. Uh, it could be the cooler, but I mean, Hollywood did have Hulk Hogan, who was Ooh. world champion. So I had Kevin Nash, who was also world champion. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I wanted to throw something out at you, really random, right? I was going to do this for the ver- uh, for the versus match, but yeah, I have I have a really good versus match that I'll save for the end. Okay. But I have a question. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I want you to picture Brock Lesnar, okay, in his prime. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we're saying what two thousand three Brock Lesnar because that's probably yeah, when yeah. he was. Yep, that was his best. Who do you think would win in this match against Brock Lesnar in mm-hmm. his prime? Him, Brock Lesnar, or the Ultimate Warrior at his pinnacle? Oh, for God's sakes, Brock Lesnar! There's like no comparison on that one. Who who I, I who who do you think it would be? Who, who do I think would win? Yeah. Lesnar. You think so? What about Lesnar and his I feel prime? like you're setting hold on. I feel like you're setting me up for a trap here. No, 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 no. I'm just wondering. <laughs> okay. Lesnar in his prime versus uh, Hulk Hogan in his prime. Lesnar. Lesnar, really? Yeah. You, you with the storyline and everything, you think Lesnar would defeat Hogan in his well, prime. Well, okay, here's the here's the thing. All right. God damn it, we're gonna rage into this whole thing here. By the way, follow us on Twitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at PodFandom. Of course, download us on your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify, all that fun stuff before we get back into the thick of things. Now, real quick, uh, Andrew, you talking like if we're doing like a shoot, like not a shoot match, but like you put him in the ring, who do you think would have a better like realistic chance at what? Like, I'm, I'm talking if the character Hulk Hogan from the 80s yes. fought against the character Brock Lesnar in Okay, that that's that's different because Brock never reached the popularity of Hulk Hogan, so it's like uh, you know Hogan would probably win that one. That's okay, what I mean. Like, I it, like back. you know, you know what I mean. Like, like that's Lesnar's the better wrestler, right? Yes, There's that no yeah that yeah that. right, right yeah. So I mean, I'm pretty sure Lesnar like suplexes Sable every night, so. There's no denying that, but like I was, oh, uh, it just came into my head randomly. I'm like, uh-huh. what? Like the Ultimate Warrior was one of those unstoppable forces, right? Obviously, uh-huh. he wasn't that great of a wrestler, yep. technically, but right. like this fucker was like on steroids and cocaine the whole entire time, just running to the ring. I mean, he like, blew up during his entrance. Yeah, like imagine <laughs> if he fought Lesnar in like the fake world that wrestling lives in, would he be able to take on Lesnar? And would Lesnar be able to stop the the the, the plot see, armor that Ultimate Warrior has? See, here's the thing, though. I, I and this is the big debate. I feel like if Vince McMahon in the '80s saw Brock Lesnar, like if they plucked 2003 Brock Lesnar and put him into a time machine into 1985, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like 
that'd be a tough call because I feel like the Vince of that time might see Brock Lesnar, and I, I could very make this argument. Oh, shit, it's the next Bruno San Martino. True. I mean, come on. Like, he looks exactly stature-wise, and I mean, the only difference is Brock could go a lot better than Bruno. Can you imagine if Brock Lesnar dominated WWF in the 80s? Oh, God. Yeah, it would be crazy. What you gonna do, Brock? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I, I just, that stuff is tinkering in my head, because obviously Brock Lesnar is win versus losses, whatever, forget about that, but dominance-wise, there's very few wrestlers that you would say are more dominant. Like, I'm but, really curious, like, like, for example, like, if yeah. Brock Lesnar fought peak Undertaker, I honestly <sighs> would give it to Taker over Brock Lesnar. That's a tough one. That is a very tough one. That, oh, God, that, that's tough. But here's the funny thing. If it was peak Lesnar versus peak Triple H, I'd probably give it to Lesnar. Yes. And then what about peak Lesnar versus Raga Austin, right? Or peak Lesnar versus I, I know who you pick. I know I know I know who you well I, okay I know you'd pick for for Brock Rock. I mean obviously you'd pick Brock Lesnar. Um but you got silent there. Well, I mean it's true. I would. Wait, and whoa, I, you would pick I, Brock Lesnar over Rock. No, 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 no. I would pick Rock over Brock. Oh, I was gonna say the like fucking names the <laughs> names are too similar, okay? Let's say let's Les- say Lesnar. Lesnar okay? and the winner. Well, honestly, look at it this way. There's, yeah. There's two. There's like two or three wrestlers I would say, in storyline, would always win matches, right? No matter right. what fucking odds they would go up against, it'd be Rock, Austin, and then you know maybe Goldberg, right? Mm-hmm. Just storyline wise, whether he's good or bad in story, just I think those guys would always win matches, and then take her to a degree too. But, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting off a beaten path with this. I was just thinking, like, imagine if, like, Ultimate Warrior, like, somehow, like, got transported to the future and fucking fought Brock Lesnar or something. It'd just be interesting because they were both unstoppable objects, but in different ways. Brock Lesnar was, like, this monster, this beast, and Warrior was, like, like, Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, he just kept I mean, on moving. Like, the guy right. never fucking stopped. I mean, at the end of the day, though, their unstoppable force was mostly due to booking. So you have to, like, it boils down to, like, which is more believable? Would Warrior be more believable or okay. would Brock... You know what I mean? Let's do this, right? Okay. 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 Yep. Let's take, let's take Vince McMahon out of the picture. Okay? Okay. Let's bring in a very not neutral party. What if Eric Bischoff was booking them? Ah, oh, Jesus. Um, Actually, I, we shouldn't do that because Eric Bischoff would probably have, like, I don't know, Scott Hall come out of nowhere, Taze, Brock Lesnar. The Brock W.O.? Warrior. Yeah, <laughs> you find out that Ultimate Warrior was part of the NWO and Brock Lesnar joins the Four Horsemen and they have a big fucking fight. And then next time you see Brock Lesnar, he has white face paint on. Never mind. Eric War- would Warrior yells at a mirror, you know, all this weird shit. Drives a monster truck and then choke slams him off the fucking edge of the... <laughs> WCW's weird, man, and I love it. But anyway... Um, it was. Yeah, all right. But, well, let, before we keep going, I want to remind everybody, before we get the proper intros in here, of course, <laughs> you, we're already 10 minutes in this. We're fucking... This, this thing's off the rails. Uh, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. We know we missed last week's uh, episode. Uh, just scheduling-wise, it didn't really work out for us. So uh, we figured let's take a little bit of a, a laxed break and uh, come back at you with some, with some more interesting stuff. We do have a couple of things to talk about up here. Of course, love to hear your thoughts on everything. So make sure, again, you follow us at Pod Fandom.
random. And we're going to talk about a bunch of things, including the fantasy fight matchup, which I know Andrew says is going to talk about his at the end of the end of the episode. But we'll talk about the one from last week, which got a very interesting results in the poll. Um, a couple of other things that are also wrestling related as far as, um, well, before we just went into that whole no, <laughs> that whole rabbit hole that we just talked about. Uh, plus, Andrew's going to talk a little bit about the Castlevania trailer that dropped for season four. Uh, we'll talk about that in depth as well. Maybe some other things. I'm sure Andrew's got some hot takes uh, possibly waiting in the wing here. But let's first let's get down to business. Uh, to as we defeat the Huns, as they as they say. And you 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 meant to say Castlevania season four, not its trailer, right? I'm sorry, season four. Excuse, yeah, no, the trailer. Excuse yeah. me, the season four. Sorry, sorry. See, this is how this is how bad I am at this. Um, let's talk about the fantasy fight. So this is a new thing. If you guys are just tuning into the show for the first time, we started this new concept, and this is something I've been wanting to do for a while. Where I pitch to you guys and everybody between the two of us here, and of course everybody listening all over the interwebs about the idea of if, what would happen in a fantasy match. Like, we, would just, we just went on this whole wrestling fantasy tirade. I figure there's a lot of, you know, interesting matchups here. And the first one I pitched was Green Lantern, the Hal Jordan Green Lantern, against Doctor Strange. Now, Andrew made a very... You got up in your soapbox pretty high and then touted Green Lantern core all the way. Um, in an interesting little development, though, on the poll, it was a total of a whopping... Bear with me now. Nine votes. Doctor Strange wins with 66%. Well, it sounds like 66% of you don't know what you're talking about. Because a speed of light punch can blow Doctor Strange in half. Um, I, I, I think we're of assuming, the... We're assuming that they don't have any prep for each other. Doctor Correct. Strange loses without yeah. a doubt. And, and here's the okay. thing, ready? Yeah, yep. ready? I'm gonna piss off a lot of people. Ready? Oh, here we go. Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange is without a doubt more intelligent and wise than Hal Jordan, but the better fighter or the person that can think on their feet better is definitely Hal Jordan. Like I think Hal Jordan would be able to assess the situation a lot quicker and be able to react a lot quicker than Strange would. But yeah, that was last week's match. Like I'm not gonna get into it, right? If people want to be wrong, people can be wrong. I want to think about the DBZA quote where like sells like we call them androids, but good for you, you're wrong. <laughs> it's true well, they weren't androids. I mean, this is more just to rile us up as fans and really get into it. And, and we'll hear Andrews at the end of the episode, and we'll post it on Twitter so you guys can get a chance to vote in on the poll. And of course, lovely to hear your feedbacks about everything. And let me see if there's any got any comments here. Our good friend Trekopedia uh, says, "Got to go with Green Lantern on this one." And of course, our Dwayne, our friend from the Uncontrolled Chaos podcast, put the gift. I like you, but you're crazy. I mean, looks like uh, Dwayne's on my side, but Trek's definitely going with Green Lantern on this one, even though Dwayne, majority... you know, with him. With a name like that related to The Rock, and and you know you, sh- I I would expect better from you. I would just expect better than you. But you but know le- what? Whatever. Whatever. Well, there's always there's always new 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 matchups which we'll talk about. And if you guys want to suggest one to us too, like I said, hit us up on Twitter at Pod Fandom. Love to hear your feedback on this. Or if you're watching this over on Andrew's YouTube channel at Andrew Cutter Inc., uh, you can check out the YouTube channel version. Leave it in the comments down below. Uh, Andrew does upload the video versions on his YouTube channel as well. Um, let's talk some wrestling tidbits, even though we've already got a lot into wrestling already, Andrew. Uh, first and foremost, have you seen a show called Dark Side of the Ring? Uh, I've seen only the Chris Benoit one. Okay. What did you think of that one? Um, Be honest. Just just throw it out there. I have mixed emotions (laughs) because I I think 
I think, okay, I might as well get into this. Chris yeah. Benoit at a time was my number two wrestler, right? Yep. Rockman has always been my number one. But mm-hmm. Chris Benoit, I loved him to death. Yeah, you and did. And then obviously, dude, everything. I love Chris Benoit. And obviously, when what happened happened, it devastated me to the point that I think I did what a lot of friend, uh, fans did. And I don't know if it was the right thing to do, but it felt like the right thing to do at the time was just to like almost pretend he didn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't really, it's, it's taboo too, right? How can you have love for someone who did what Chris Benoit did? But you also have to look at the circumstances, right? right. What kind of frame of mind was he in, the concussions he's took, the drugs he has been taking, like the steroids or anything else that, you know, concoctions that he might have been put on. But mm-hmm. I think, of course, like all the, the concussions are probably what fucked with his head. It's like, I can't tell you a time when I don't think about, like, what if someone had stopped Chris Benoit? Like, maybe intervened, like Chavo got there and, and, and stopped him. Or, and this sounds terrible, what would his legacy have been like if he didn't kill his family, but rather just killed himself, like a suicide. Still mm-hmm. terrible, right? But I think he would still be in the books, right? People would still be talking about him. But in watching that documentary, and especially how much Chris Jericho gives his side of how he feels about that situation, has opened up my mind, right? It does not change what Chris Benoit did. It does not change the, the heinous act he did. But coming from someone like Chris Jericho, who I highly respect as not only a wrestler, but as an individual, it does it does let you think in a different way. And I thought also the, the way that they did the show was very good. I think it was paced well. I think it was, you know, they got interviews from all different angles. So they so they the, the guys who did it are now on their third season. Um, they now started season three. They started the first season, or the first episodes with uh, the Brian Pillman story, which yeah. uh, is very well done. And and you said it yourself, the style and how they did it. They don't leave any stones unturned. They really no. go deep in. And I love the silhouette, like re, like the re, um, um, what's the word? The, like the drama, like the the redramatization of like the events that happen. It's extremely well done. If you're a wrestling fan, if you not watched Dark Side of the Ring, please go watch it. It is excellent. The first two seasons are actually on Hulu right now. Um, the third season's coming out right now. But uh, yeah, I was I was curious because I'm like I never talked to Andrew about the Dark Side of the Ring, and it's one of my favorite wrestling series uh, of all time because they just they do such a great job with it. And yeah, that Benoit one was uh, haunting. I think that it wasn't just the CTE though. I think it was a mix of a bunch of things. But I think that obviously think, yeah. CT was a major factor. Um, but I think yeah. Eddie's death was the beginning of the end, like Jericho said. Yeah, I think that this, you know, I I think he was having trouble at home, and I think just I think it was just a bunch of stuff. But dude, I can't tell you how many times of and this sounds so terrible. I hope it doesn't sound like this wrong. But like, how many times that I kind of just wish? Obviously, you can't avoid what happened. But if he just didn't take his kid and his wife with him, and if it was just him what would Benoit's legacy have been? Or what if nothing had happened? Like, like imagine if Benoit was still around here today. What would he be? In what fashion? I know he was gearing up to ECW at mm-hmm. that time, I think he was. He had yeah, a, he, he had dropped it. That's when Morrison just randomly won it, correct? 
Yeah, in fact, they said that the, the initial plan was for Benoit to win the ECW World Heavyweight Championship and kind of be the flag bearer of that brand and really bring the credibility back up to ECW because originally, remember when Kurt Angle was supposed to go? Yep. And then he would jump ship to TNA after he got his release. So mm -hmm. the idea was that Angle was supposed to be the legitimate, like the legitimizing superstar to make the ECW brand like, oh, wow, it's actually... This is a real deal because you have Kurt Angle. Well, Benoit was basically supposed to be the replacement of that. And then obviously <clears throat> everything went to shit. Um, but no, I, I do think about that too. I mean, you know, Jericho even said like, you know, almost brought down the business. I mean, Jesus Christ. But but in any case, new season of Dark Side of the Rings up. The first two episodes are about the Pillman tragedy. Uh, Nick Gage is the most recent episode as of this ep as of this recording, which is about one of the most ultra-violent deathmatch wrestlers I've ever seen. Dude, this one is chilling. I didn't hey, know anything about side, him, but good. Side note: Did uh, I'm so out of loop? Did New Jack die? Uh, that was another thing I was going to mention on my list today. Yeah, New Jack. Uh, as of yesterday, no, was it yesterday? Bear with me on the dates here. I want to make sure I get this right. Uh, bear with me. Bear with me. Sorry, we're talking about Dark Side of the Ring, and for some reason, New Jack just came in my head. Well, there is an episode I... about New Jack and Dark Side there of the is? Ring, oh. season two. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, two days ago, as as we record this on the uh, 14th, he was, I believe, 54, uh, oh, heart, heart passed away from a heart attack. So, um, you know what? Of all that shit that fucker has done, that, and I say that with absolute utmost admiration for New Jack, because New Jack was a bad ass motherfucker. Of all the shit that he's done to his body, it's, it's a heart attack that takes him out. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, yeah. right. I don't know. That's terrible, dude. Another loss in the wrestling world. It's and you know what? We're getting old, so they, they there's more of them, and they're becoming more frequent. Real quick about New Jack. I actually met him before. Um, I you met have. him in a sh yes, I have. Um, What's he like in real life? Well, here's the thing. This was in the in the early 2000s or no, uh, mid 2000, 2005 or six. Um, I knew of his reputation. And I was just very respectful. Shook his hand, took a photo, got an autograph, and left him alone. He came out that he came out though, and and uh, he uh, beat some people up, and then he did the dive and went back in the ring, pinned the guy, and like just bang, bang, boom. But he seemed he seemed a little, definitely a little bit out of it. But um, it's funny you say that. And I, I hate to get on this like on this morbid. This episode's just all over the place, folks. I'm sorry. Um, something that crosses my mind a lot. And I think we might have mentioned this, or I might have mentioned this on a previous episode with you before, is the idea, like you said, like, you know, we're getting older and a lot of our, <clears throat> you know, childhood or wrestlers that we watched growing up are, you know, unfortunately passing away is the nature of life. The circle of life. Um, I mean, hell, Kane and RVD just got into the Hall of Fame this past year. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of weird yeah. to, not, not, that I'm, not that it's a bad thing. It's just, it's again, like you're getting the idea of, wow. Those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Again, respectively, they deserve it, but it's just like, it makes you realize, like, okay, now, like, starting to understand, like, ah, the, the, the mortality is really kicking in. Um, mm -hmm. I'll tell you, there's going to be some big headline news when certain people in the wrestling industry pass away. Um, I think when Austin passes away, when Flair passes away, or Hogan, mm -hmm. uh, what about Vince? Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to say someone's going to go sooner than others, it's Vince. And I don't like saying this, it's going to be Vince. Like, I remember when I started watching wrestling again at the beginning of COVID, 
Mm-hmm. And I saw Vince's face at The Undertaker leaving a Survivor Series, right? You got to understand, I had not seen Vince's face, like, really looked at it since 2013. In 2013, Vince McMahon was healthy and vibrant. This Vince McMahon looks like, I don't know, like Karen, like 16 Botox shots in him. Like, his eyebrows looked like they were, his lips looked, like, really different. Like, he just looked old and, like, held together by tape. And I'm not saying that as an insult towards Vince, because I love, I, I mean, I love Vince for ill for good, but, like, he just looks tired. Really fucking tired. I mean, and, he does, he does look what? like a vampire sucked out his life, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. And you know what? And I'm not trying to be funny, but you know what's <laughs> absolutely just ridiculous? Hmm. Is you look at all these wrestlers, right, that they put their lives through and like you look at Austin, Austin's actually in relatively good condition. Like I seen him with a shirt off, and you know he's obviously in his fifties, so he's not quite as cut, but he's still in good shape, right? But if you look at like Taker, like when Taker takes the eyeliner off, and when he takes off the leather off, like Taker looks old, like he looks used. Like when, and I'm and I'm not trying to be negative, that's just the case, right? If you look at Triple H, like Triple H looks like he's pretty good, but he still looks like he's seen. A thing or two, right? right. And, like Sting, Sting, same thing, right? Yeah. I can go on and on. Look at the motherfucking Rock. Rock is almost <laughs> 50 years old, and he's in better shape than there... he was back in 2001. What was the that mean? Like six only the has six only the Rock can make the Rock look like a weakling. Exactly, dude. It's ridiculous. Which, just to go to show you, right? And I think a lot of people would disagree with me on this, mm-hmm. but I do think that a wrestler's lifespan in wrestling full-time on the road should be no more than to 10 to 15 years. And I know that's not feasible. I know a lot of people won't like that answer. Well, right? But no, just that's... thinking of the quality of life <clears throat> and thinking about the condition of them. Like, Rock was, was wrestling for, what, seven years full-time, right? Right. And he's come back a little bit here and there. But, like, look at how better his quality of life is versus The Undertaker. Well, no, you're not wrong, because if you think, like, even think of, like, the top dogs, right? Like, you think Rock and Austin didn't have a lot of run. Hell, Cena had probably the longest run as a top guy out of everyone in recent history. I mean, Hogan and Bruno withstanding, you know? Uh, but Cena was on top for, what, 10 years? 10, maybe 15, if you're put. Oh, no, no, no. Let's, uh, well, thir- 13 let's years, say. right? 05 is when he won the belt. Yep, and he right. was cons- yeah, I would say yeah, fifteen years. So fifteen would make it. Fifteen would bring it up to twenty twenty, which obviously is not you know that's he's he stopped being a top guy probably maybe a year or two prior. So you're looking at thirteen years. So you're not you're not off. I think that's a pretty pretty fair pretty fair statement. Ten fifteen years, and really, if you put it like that, it is kind of like whoa, you know. In terms of how sh- I think that's a short t- time span when you think about it, in terms of like you know bigger picture, but wrestling wise, that's pretty decent. That's a good run. Yeah, and and Cena's in phenomenal shape. Like Cena is taking care of himself regardless of what injuries. It's just I don't like what has become of some of the wrestlers and the condition that they're in, like and the life expectancy. And granted, right, the quality of wrestling has changed, where we're not taking twenty three sh- chair shots in the head like McFoley did. And it, it, it is a lot safer, and especially with it not on the road now, it's probably less mm. wear and tear on them for the past year. True. It's just, it's just 
it's just fucking baffling and not baffling, but I don't know. It's just like, it sticks in my mind that I look at Undertaker and I see him and I, I almost weep because the guy's like a cyborg. Like he probably has more metal <laughs> in his body now. Not than wrong. He does fucking meat. And then you look at the rock who left to go to Hollywood, which you can say what you want, but that was a smart move. He makes more money now than God. Probably it's going to become the president of the United States next time that he like, there's a run. And like the guy's in phenomenal shape. Um, it's just, it's just something that I've noticed. Like even Batista, like Batista has gotten in better shape in the past few years because he's not wrestling as much. I, uh, forgot to bring that up about, you heard about rock, right? Did I, did I mention this to you again about putting feelers what? out? About what? Running for president? Yeah. So I did not hear it, but I wouldn't <laughs> doubt it. Well, listen to this. So apparently rocks, people put some feelers out there and Again, this is rumor and innuendos to take it with a, with a grain of salt. He apparently put feelers out there to see how many people would consider him seriously, and I'm being dead serious here, would seriously consider him to run for president of the United States as an independent. And apparently he got a 54% approval rating. He should do it. And you know why he should do it? <laughs> Please, Andrew, enlighten us why you think The Rock should run for president. I'd love to hear this. Not that you're biased or anything. Well, first off, would you vote for him? Um, yes, and I'll tell you why, right? Okay, okay. okay. So I, in the past, and I would have to say since the Obama administration, maybe a little bit beforehand, I've been very heavy in following politics, the ins and outs. And right now, the reason why Rock would be good for going into politics are a few things. Number one, he is... Uh, of this, we already had a celebrity enter in, and mm. whether you liked Trump's policies or you didn't, uh, Trump was not like he, he was, he did cause division between the uh, parties and people to a much larger extreme than other people. You look at The Rock, I don't see The Rock doing that, regardless of if he ran independent, Republican, or Democrat, right? Right. Number two, if The Rock ran independent, it would give people a possible viable option other than Democrat and Republican. And here's the thing, right? We need that, but here's the thing. A lot of people would say, well, The Rock would just eat the vote, right? I don't think so. Because mm. if you look at the Republicans, right? Mm -hmm. The only Republican that I would say is a viable Republican right now that I would feel okay voting for is, and he won't run, would be Dan Crenshaw of Texas, right? And yep. the only Democrat, if they ran, that I would be okay for voting for right now would be Tulsi Gabbard. May I like Andrew Yang, but I, I wouldn't vote for him because I, I don't think he's quite there yet. But really, there's no viable options in either party. Like, if like this past election was a fucking joke because you had Trump, who <clears throat> was pretty disliked, and <clears throat> then you had, like, Joe Biden, who, let's be honest, Joe Biden is not the cream of the crop. Like, whether you're Republican or Democrat, you got to admit, this was a pretty shitty election. Imagine if The Rock was in there and he was kind of a voice of reason and he should run as uh, as independent because here's his I'm going to give you a mind blower. Are you ready? Uh, I'm going to give you a mind blower. Ready? Yep. There is very little difference between the ethical and moral values and policies between the Republicans and Democrats. You know what the big difference is? Right. Right. right? Low taxes versus high taxes, abortion versus non-abortion. Right. Um, uh, pro-life, right? right? And then everything else is kind of like whatever. Like, the Republicans don't even give a shit if you're gay anymore or you get married. Like, there's very little dividing us other than us. 
if The Rock came in there and he had some very liberal policies on one end, if he's like, you know what, you can have the right to choose if you want to have a kid or not, abortion will be legal based off the state, and then he came in and been like, but by the way, I want strong borders, and I think we should have lower taxes and less government, and like he did that kind of shit, like, dude, it it, it would help, I think... I don't know if he would be the catalyst, but he would be someone like that needs to be the catalyst to fix the fucking politics. Because at this point, it's like, if you look at it, there's not much policy-wise that people would really fucking hate about, like, a Democrat or a Republican, because there's very few things that really separate us other than us. Right. Well, I mean, you make a so. good point. I, I, <clears throat> I do think that, like, I think he stands, I mean, in, in all seriousness, all joking aside, I think he stands a good chance. I mean, he is he is well liked. So I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not doubting anything you're saying. It's just it, it'd be very interesting to see an independent rise through and um, what's his name? Who's the independent who always runs and oh never, never. Ralph Nader. Yeah, just fucking Nader just throw his hat on the ground and stomp it. Yeah, but Dude, and you it, know it would never happen. But imagine if he just like embodied the Rock during one of his like like his fucking debates. Imagine if he ran. And he had to debate Joe oh, Biden. And Joe Biden. Oh, that's like doing that's the other thing. The it, debates will be fucking it, gold. Oh yeah, dude. Imagine if Joe Biden's just like doing his thing where he's like stuttering, goes, "Oh, whatever, man." And the Rock goes, "How dare you, you Rudy Poo candy ass, <laughs> whoa, 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 whatever, man." What is your name? I don't even know your name. You'd be like, oh, I'm Joe Biden. It doesn't matter what you I'm Joe oh, Biden. It doesn't. Yeah. Oh, man, dude. Those debates will get such great numbers. Probably better than Raw. Anyway, um, a <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple of little random quick pick things here. Uh, and I'm sorry, Andrew. Did you have any hot takes before we uh, But You know, I know we got the Castlevania to talk about, but was there any hot takes you had in your plate? Just two quick hot takes. All right. Two quick ones. Fire away. Uh, first quick one is one you already know, but it has been announced that Dragon Ball Super is returning with a movie Ooh. and to the series. Now a new arc and a new movie. That's going to be interesting. Well, the arc is going to be probably an adaptation of the manga, which the next arc would be Moro, which is a really great arc. Um, I don't know if you know much about Moro. I know you follow the anime. Very little. So I follow both the anime and the manga religiously. Moro in the manga is a unique character because he is like Babidi. He's magic-based, but his magic is fucking broken. And a lot of his magic is about energy absorption. So he basically eats planets, becomes stronger by eating planets, but he can also eat chi or, or ki. So like, I think you said cheese. I'm like, who the fuck does he care if he's not lactose intolerant? So the, the big fun stuff about him is like Goku... <laughs> The Goku and <laughs> That's just how you beat him. Just keep on throwing cheese. Where's yep. Majin Buu? Make some cheese. No, um, if Goku and Vegeta go Super Saiyan, he just absorbs the power up away from them. So they can't power up without risking him taking the power up away. So long story short, he's a unique villain because the way to beat him isn't necessarily to get stronger. It's to get smarter. Although right. at the end of the day, they just have to get stronger. But that's <laughs> there. I figured but it out. We just have to punch him really, really hard. That's what yeah. my dad would say, right? <laughs> but um, but the movie's coming out, and I've been doing a lot of TikToks on this. And uh, one of my proposed questions is if you could make one of the characters canon, who right. would it be? And I said, obviously, Broly was my number one pick, but that's already happened. Yep. I want Cooler to come back. I think it would be so smart if they did a Cooler movie. And not just that, if in Cooler 
in this new Kulu movie, he got a form similar to Golden Freezer. It's like platinum cooler or something like that. I just think it would be really great, especially if your freezer was still around. Like, I think Cooler was one of the best DBZ movie villains, and I thought he had some of the stronger movies. I he word is stronger. I I, I think it was big. I think he was one of the more well-rounded villains. I mean, mm-hmm. in terms of the movies. I mean, granted, yeah, carbon copy of Freeze in a lot of ways, but you know, you look at the movie villains. And aside from Broly, I'd say he's probably the next more popular one. You know what I mean? And and so I, I, I'm right there with you on that one. Um, Super is, I mean, I'm surprised they're, they're going to keep going with it. But then again, if the manga source is there, fuck it. And then um, movie, I mean, shit, you saw how successful the Broly movie was. I mean, it, it makes all the sense in the world. So more power to you. And uh, was that was that both of your hot takes or was there another one you had? One more. A small minor hot take, but right. they have released images from the new Game of Thrones TV show that's coming up. Mm-hmm. It's not much. It's just a bunch of really hot blonde Targaryens fucking talking shit about... Googling now! Yes. But <laughs> it's interesting because even though how disastrous Game of Thrones ended, I think I finally healed from it. I think I'm ready for a new <laughs> Game of Thrones. Yeah. Because when Game of Thrones was... It, dude, Game of Thrones is like Hulk Hogan. When Game of Thrones was at its worst, yeah, it was it wasn't good. But when it was at its best, there was nothing like it. Episodes upon episodes of great television. I think I'm ready for a new Game of Thrones. I really do. It's interesting you say that because I actually have something here that's sort of tied into that. Did you hear that there is a uh, speaking of like extension, but there is a animated sequel premiering on Netflix coming in July. It is the return of a good old eighties classic. Masters of the Universe. Oh, yes. I saw Kevin Smith fucking throw that out there. Same animation as Castlevania also. Yep. So. Looks, it good. looks amazing. Yes, it looks fucking good. And he sent like nine images out. Yes. And I am pumped for it. He-Man is the definition of everything wrong with the 80s done correctly. <laughs> Plus, I mean, Mark Hamill as Skeletor. Come on. Oh, you can't go wrong with that, baby. Yeah, you, you can't. And, and, and Kevin Conroy is coming in as, I believe, yeah, Merman. So, I mean. <laughs> I, I can't wait for Merman to show up and just be like, I am the knight. I am vengeance. I am vengeance. I am Merman. Um, but the, the, it looks great. The animation looks looks so sleek and so well done. If Kevin Smith is behind it, you know I'm fucking sold. Uh, so just a little little plot there. They they did uh, come out with a couple of little still images. The full part one premieres on Netflix this July 23rd. So make sure you guys check that out. I, I can't wait to check it out. Um, last bit of wrestling thing before I switch off of the wrestling stuff. Uh, Backlash is taking place. Or sorry, <clears throat> WrestleMania back. I fucking hate that name. WrestleMania Backlash. Like. Dude, I I miss the old pay per view names, but anyway, WrestleMania back to try to capitalize off of WrestleMania's name. I it that better be the fucking reason because if it's not, I have no idea why in God's name they they decided to do that. But anyway, WrestleMania Backlash took place tonight. I mean, not really too much to talk about because most of the stuff we've kind of predicted and we kind of you know saw coming a mile away. Uh, Dominic and Mysterio are the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Pretty much every other championship stayed the same. But there's one thing I wanted to share with Andrew, and let me see if I can find an image to share with him with it. But um, or he can he can probably check his Twitter feed while we're on here. Um, so Damian Priest, the guy who helped uh, Bad Bunny at WrestleMania, 
mm-hmm. fought The Miz in a lumberjack mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. That lumberjack match contained zombies. Yeah, I don't really want you to talk about this because I really don't want to know. Dude, dude, my suspension disbelief can only go so far. I can believe some guy can dress up like an Undertaker and shoot lightning mm-hmm. out of his hands, mm-hmm. but zombies, come on. I mean... Were they trying to actually play them off as legit zombies? or They, they ate the Miz. They, they ate the Miz. Oh, they ate the Miz? Wow, I thought only Maurice did that. Oh, singer. <laughs> Let me, I'm going to see if I can try and find... I'm sure there's a gif on it by this point by now because it's it's a couple hours after the pay-per-views ended and that cat loves it. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Uh, Cesaro had a hell of a match with um, with Roman Reigns. A very positive response from a lot of people about that. But let me see if I can find these damn zombies. No way, they're doing... Oh, and they're doing Hell in a Cell next month because that makes sense. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> That's quick. Uh, let me see. Here. Yeah, there's there's just zombies eating up the Miz. So that was a thing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's really I wanted to mention the wrestling side. Uh, speaking of like teasers and stuff, I did also want to throw out there. Did you see the new Venom trailer? I did. I did. Now, pretty good. Did you see the first Venom movie? Uh, no, I haven't. I've seen bits and pieces, but uh, it's on my list of things to do okay now i'm just curious because the thing with me is that it's it's funny because it the venom movie gets a lot of mixed mixed reviews because mm-hmm. diehard comic book fans hate it because it's not you know it's it's not the same as the source material in terms of you know the, the story of the symbiote attaching itself to peter parker there's no spider-man in the venom movie obviously mm-hmm. um and so some people like don't like it because it's not like comically accurate, whatever. The people who like it though, or really love it, um, love it because it's <laughs> such a like buddy cop kind of. Well, you saw from the from the Carnage trailer in terms of like. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the people that love it are the Chinese because it made bank over there. <laughs> I mean that too, <laughs> that too. Oh but but it was a very like buddy like if you would go into it with no like comic book predisposition or knowledge or like not even like okay i'm gonna toss the source material out of my mind i enjoyed the hell out of it i thought it was it was fun especially mm-hmm. mainly because the banter between venom and eddie brock and then obviously you saw that more in the carnage trailer um so what do you think of the carnage trailer just from from what you've seen it from it i mean it looks fun it it, it, it just flat out looks fun um i don't have too much in the way of expectations because I, I, the way I see the Venom film, and I haven't seen it, so let's be honest there. But the way I see it is, it's just a fun action popcorn film. Something yeah, basically, for me not to like put too much thought into it. It's yeah. Carnage. And my concern that's always been with Carnage is that Carnage is just another symbiote, mind you, a different symbiote, but still another symbiote. And it kind of made sense when Spider-Man fought him. And I'm sure it will make sense. I'm just a little worried on how it's going to make sense. But putting yeah. all that aside, like, I always dug Carnage. When I was a little kid, right, I remember seeing Carnage. And I don't know how, how I consolidated what I was seeing in my head. I thought <laughs> it was like... I thought it was like a demon from hell. Like, some kind of, like, blood demon from hell or something like that. But Carnage has always wrapped his like hands around my imagination as being like 
the deadlier, more like unstoppable version of Venom, which is not true. Venom, I think, it's a stronger symbiote. But well, I, I could be wrong. Well, depends on what you read, because <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of there is a shit ton of symbiote like spinoffs. For those of you who don't know, um, and the reason I know this is because Venom is my favorite villain, um, in terms of the Marvel, and I know that. There's a lot of other more interesting characters, but Venom was my favorite just because of just how unique he looked. So Carnage, when I saw him, I was like, what the fuck is that? I need to yeah. see what that's all about. Carnage is the most violent symbiote in Marvel, period. End of the discussion. He's the most psychotic. He is the most crazy. He is the most violent one. So on one hand, I'm like, badass, they're doing Carnage. On the other hand, because of the simplicity of the movie and like how simplistic Venom was, the only thing I'm worried about, and again, I'm like you, low expectations, but the thing I'm worried about is like um, that they're gonna make him more generic, mm. you know, and make him basically like, oh, he's a he's a just a different Venom, like Riot was in the first one. So that's that's really my only worry. Other than that, Carnage looks intimidating as all hell. So as long as they make him a bit different in some way and hopefully don't kill him off, I'm down. I think it's going to be interesting. But um, all right, let's get into the heart of the matter. Let's get into the meat of this meal. Andrew, I'm going to give you the floor for Castlevania. All yours, mm, my friend. Yes, Castlevania. You said you watched season four, correct? I I didn't see all of season four. So Castlevania, for those that don't know, is a fantastic animated series that is based off the games with the same name. And it's actually a fairly fun adaptation of the games. The great thing about the Castlevania games is that the early ones, even the later ones, didn't have much of a story. Like, if you go into, like, the most popular one, Symphony of Night. Yep, good. Like I said, there's not much story to it, so you don't have to worry about adapting it perfectly. Right. Uh, season one of Castlevania was a lot of setup, but it was so good. It established the character so well. It established Dracula and his motivation so well. Season two, fuck man, it was the best of the seasons. The payoff, the ending, like everything was great about season two. And it's uh, season two was based off of Castlevania three. Mm-hmm. The third Castlevania. Season three was okay, right? Yep. But I don't think it was as strong as the other two, nor was it as strong as season four, in my opinion. And uh, it probably because it wasn't really based that much off of a game. And then season four is loosely based off the game Curse of Darkness, which, funny enough, um, Hector, the, the Forge Master in the TV show, is actually mm-hmm. the main character in the game, as opposed to it being Trevor or Alucard. I just thought it was funny that they switched that around. But hmm. this season was awesome. Like, I don't think it was as good as season two, but it was probably right under it. It was amazing. I so, loved it. I loved so everything about it. Without going into too much heavy spoilers, um, what would you give like a general plot points of season four and what you liked and didn't like as without going to spoilers as much as you possibly can? <sighs> okay. Well, I like the, um, the reveal of Malcolm McDonald's character. Um, I won't give you what the reveal is, but it ties into what the big boss is at the end. I thought the final fight, uh, the big boss of the final fight was really good. Trevor kind of solos it. And, um, 
Trevor in the anime is a little bit different than Trevor in the games. Only in that in the games, Trevor is a lot more powerful, a little bit more OP. Like in the games, he killed Dracula, and he is the man credited with killing Dracula the first time, like alone. Yeah, Cypher and Grant and Alucard was there, but Trevor is considered a, a, probably the best of the Belmonts next to Simon. Right. In the show, in the show, it's kind of tough because you have fucking Alucard there flying around with his his familiar sword, just raping and killing everything. I mean, Trevor still is pretty badass, as badass as Alucard. So they give him a really nice spotlight, which is good. Um, the I also like how Hector and Isaac ended things, and they also did a twist ending. Uh, one of which kind of can tie into Castlevania, but does break the rules a bit. I don't know if we're allowed to do spoilers or not, or maybe I should just keep it hush hush. It's up to you. Yeah, wait, wait it out because the episodes just the season just came out literally this week, so just wait it out. I'd, I'd say ne- next week we can go a little bit more if you want to. Okay. The only complaint I have is there is uh, a led by Kamala. Mm-hmm. and I feel as though that storyline got ended pretty quickly. It kind of gets ended halfway through the season, whereas that really should have been... This this show would have really benefited from either an extended season, maybe five more episodes, yep. or to one more season just to kind of tie everything together a little bit better. Uh, but other than that, I really don't have too much complaints. That's I'm good. curious to see where they go with this series. Because I, I um... well, it's interesting you say that, because, um, as a uh, supposedly now things could change, but as of right now, season four is the end. Correct. Right. Um, it has been confirmed that series producers that season four will be the last of the original storyline. This fucking spinoffs. Um, they said whilst there's a possibility that Netflix could renew Castlevania for another season, um considering the way the show ended very unlikely they're going to go for a season five but they said that uh netflix has confirmed that the series will will uh, not that there will be a not directed spinoff uh meaning there'll be a new cast of characters but it will be set in the castlevania universe which is good right that's what they should do like characters like trevor and cypher their story should be told right mm-hmm. and there should be another belmont right i want to see Simon Belmont, who is probably the most WWE wrestler of the <laughs> Belmonts. Yeah. The guy's uh, like a hulking metrosexual ready to kill things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you can even do, if you want to bring back Alucard, you can do Symphony of the Night, which is the most popular of the, the Castlevania games. There's, there's so much you can do because the great thing about Castlevania is it's an anthology. Sometimes some characters, like Trevor, may get one or two games. And sometimes they get only one game, but there's always another character you can do. There's even games when you play as Dracula. Like, there's fucking games for everything, right? So, I honestly, next season, they can go different, or next series, they can go different routes, right? Simon Belmont's a good place to go. You could do Christopher Belmont, which is Cypher and Trevor's grandson, I think, or great-grandson. Or you could just do Alucard. Or shit, you can do Hector and Isaac, because... Those two characters, especially Isaac, were, I think, some of the most well-developed and interesting characters in the show that they could have done a lot more with, but what they did with was fantastic. 
well, here's hoping that the next uh, next iteration or spinoff is is going to be just as good as the last as the last season four. I mean, well, better maybe maybe as good as season two. Let's let's put it that way. We gotta air things here. Um, now, I guess we could switch gears to our uh, our fantasy fight. Now, this one's on Andrew. Now, oh. if you guys again. If you guys are playing along, the way it works is that every week we will pitch, uh, one of us will pitch a fantasy fight between two characters. Doesn't matter the relevance or you know the the the, the common traits of them. It doesn't matter what it is. We do a death battle style, which means no preparation in advance. We just throw them against that, and we're actually going to throw the poll over on our Twitter page. So if you follow us at Pod Fandom, you guys will be able to vote on who you think wins this week's fantasy fight. So Andrew, who you got? So. I decided with this one to do something a little different, if that's okay. Hey, listen, there's not really... Okay. This is still in its infancy stages, so I'm sure we can we can figure this out as we go along, right? Right. Do you know what 4D chess is from Star Trek, The Next Generation? Oh, I like where this is going already. Yes, I, I'm aware of it. Okay. I would like to pit <laughs> in a death match of 4D chess, the loser dies. Uh, okay. Right. All right. Tony Stark. Okay. Versus Seto Kaiba. Interesting. Okay. We talk and they yeah. have full access to everything they have? Okay. No, it's just them. Their minds, their abilities. No dual disc, no fucking Mark V, no any, any shit like that. It's them in a match. They have, let's say, three days to prepare to learn the game and 4D chess from Star Trek. And they have to go up against each other, and the loser gets eaten up by the rancor. What, however, you want the death to be, right? They get banished to the shadow realm. I don't care, right? They die. Right? All right, I just put the poll up on Twitter now. Um, that's a. <laughs> I was caught off guard on that one. Um, because if you think about it, right? Uh-huh. Stark is probably smarter than Seto Kaiba, but Seto Kaiba's a pretty good fucking game player not just in dual monsters but other stuff and they both been in Fuck. life and death situations see i mean seto kaiba literally could have died like a million times just by playing a fucking card game uh, i feel like tony Forget would win only uh, yeah thanks i feel like tony would have the advantage and and the main reason i say that is because tony is prepared Tony has this mindset. His biggest advantage is being prepared for anything, right? That's the whole point of the Iron Man suits. Even if you take away the Iron Man suits, um, I just, I just feel like Tony would have the advantage because he, he had, he's, he's more for physical combat than than Kaiba is. But then again, you do bring up a good point about Kaiba being a better. Fuck, this is tough. This is actually a very good one. I did not see this coming, and I, I applaud you, sir. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. So, who would you think? But, um, I don't know, to be honest. If I'm going to play devil's advocate, if I'm really going to play devil's advocate... Oh, right, yeah, it, it's, it's really fun, because they're both good strategists. Both have military experience. Here's the thing, right? The only thing is Tony's done to... more combat than Seto, I think. Like, physical, actually, like, training. But, see, that's all well and good, but we're playing a game. We're not fighting. So, <sighs> I mean, Seto has done more games. So, here's the question. Oh. Who's smarter, right? Fuck. Tony has created all these amazing armors. He's gone up against all these gods and stuff like that. Yep. Seto. Seto. Yep. 
being shaped like the blue eyes white dragon just so we can go back in time and fight the fucking pharaoh in a game of dual monsters <laughs> talk about using your resources but here's the thing that the the advantage i will get to seto is this i think seto is a better strategist honestly and number okay. two is most of the time when seto kaiba has lost he has lost because people use their mumbo jumbo magic like let's be honest if seto kaiba <laughs> fought yugi moto I'm laughing because you're right. Fuck. That's that's why I'm laughing. The Pharaoh just straight up in a in a match, right? No heart of the cards bullshit because that's what the Millennium Puzzle does. It increases. It's basically a luck increase. It allows you to draw what you need to when you need to. Right. Or if you went up against Pegasus, who can fucking just look at your cards, right? And I'm yep. talking about season one and two. Seto. Seto fights other fuckers right but like it's <laughs> always shenanigans. it's always some shenanigans of tomfoolery like remember the fucking movie we watched like he was gonna beat yugi and then some fucking pyramid comes out of nowhere like bullshit <laughs> stuff like that like and listen here's another reason why i would say seto kaiba would have an advantage right okay. yep i'm playing heavy devil's advocate in his rematch against yugi moto do you remember how he beat yugi no okay you, he summoned the Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. Yugi disabled it, and all yeah. he had to do was attack it one more time. Oh, wait, did he stand he on the edge of the cliff? And he stayed on the edge of the cliff, and he said, Yugi, if you fucking kill my Blue Eyes, I will fall off and die. Like, anyone that's willing to wager their life on a ballsy maneuver like that. I God mean, damn, you gotta, that is, you gotta, that you is get, tough. But at the same time, we're talking about fucking... We're talking about comic book... Tony Stark, who's gone up against the likes of Thanos, the Mandarin, Doctor Doom. Hell, he's gone up against some of the superheroes. Like, fucking Tony Stark, smart as hell. The, the real question is, is like, I mean, is Tony going to be drinking? I don't know. <laughs> the one problem, <laughs> a little, alcoholism. A little, a, a little dark humor there. but Jesus I, Christ. I and, and here's the thing. The reason why I picked the 4D chess this is a game that neither of them have played, and it's a complicated <laughs> game. And honestly, I don't even know how to fucking play it. But somehow, think, like, it that that's a toughie. That is a big one. But I, I love everything about it. And I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear from you guys, you listeners out there. Again, we put the poll right now over at the Twitter at Pod Fandom right now as we're recording this. Uh, let your voices be heard. Who would win a 4D? chess death match between Tony Stark and Seto Kaiba uh basically Iron Man versus the PlayStation 5 anyway um <laughs> i think that we've got a pretty solid episode this week Andrew i'm glad to be back in the swing of things any last minute things before we wrap up uh, this week's world of fandom no same same shit different week so nothing new to say all righty. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you follow Andrew at Andrew Cutter Inc. on Twitter. I'm at OKFabe on Twitter. Of course, again, follow the show at Pod Fandom. Rate us on your favorite podcasting platforms, whether it be Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, or wherever you guys listen to us to. Thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate the continued love and support. Take care. And as always, take it easy.